We are kicking things off with a word from our sponsor. The new streaming service, Film Movement Plus, opens a world of award-winning entertainment, including some of the best films from around the globe. Among the hundreds of titles waiting for you to discover are some of the best films from 2020, including The Wild Goose Lake, Zombie Child, and more. Available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, as well as streaming online and on mobile, Film Movement Plus is priced at $5.99 a month. But as a listener of Watch with Jen, Film Movement Plus will give you a 30-day free trial plus the next three months at 50% off when you use the promo code WATCHWITHJEN, all one word. Sign up today at filmmovementplus.com. Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and filmintuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen. Today, I am so pleased to welcome to the podcast Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic and podcaster in her own right, the lovely Rachel Wagner of Rachel's Reviews. An animation lover since childhood with fond memories of belting out songs from the contemporary Disney classic, The Little Mermaid, Rachel reviews as many films as she can each year and has a particular love of interviewing others from actors to directors to composers to animators, anyone with an interesting story to tell. Additionally, a prolific podcaster, she is the founder of the very popular Hallmarkies podcast and her own Rachel's Reviews podcast and YouTube channel, which covers all things animated, including a monthly Talking Disney and Obscure Animation show, a member of the Utah Film Critics Association and the Online Association of Female Film Critics. When she isn't busy with all of that, you can find her on Twitter at Rachel underscore reviews. Rachel, it is so good to have you here today. How are you doing and how's your spring going so far? Uh, I'm doing great. I am so glad to be here. This is so much fun. I feel like we've become friends over the last uh, year or so. So it's yeah. been really, uh, it's great to have a chance to come on your uh, your channel. Oh, anytime. I know it has been so much fun. You're one of the busiest and most prolific women that I know. I've been thrilled to have guested on three of your podcasts so far, and it's always been such a joy because each project is so unique. For those listening who may be just getting to know you, can you walk us through the wide range of podcasts you regularly upload from Hallmark yeah. to Cryoterion and beyond? Yeah, I really really do put out a lot of content. I figure I have yes. something for almost everybody, but it keeps things fun for me. And a lot of it is only maybe once or twice a month. And so I'm able to kind of balance it all to make it all work. And I have two major ones. The major one that takes up most of my time, especially at Christmas, is the Hallmarkies podcast. And uh, we post, I have, a, there's a team that works on it with me, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Uh, but we post at least three times a week, mm-hmm. usually four. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have basically on Monday is our interview day. And Wednesday is our regular episode day uh, where we do a recap of what's been playing on the channel or 
just something that's on brand, uh, our yeah. regular episode. And then on uh, Thursday is our TV recap. So we've been recapping Heartland or When Calls the Heart or mm-hmm. uh, some shows like that. Good Witch mm-hmm. is coming up. So that's we have a great right. Time. It's coming back. Yes. Yes. New season. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really excited about our coverage this season because it's season seven. And we have uh, myself and uh, editor Randy Carter is going to be joining us for the recaps this season. And he is awesome and super fun. And cool. uh, I think it'll bring a neat perspective. He's a big Good Witch fan and a fan of the podcast. And so I think that's going to be a neat perspective to have on the podcast for good witch this season and we're finishing up this week uh on uh, when calls the heart is the finale is is this upcoming sunday so we'll have our uh we'll have our uh finale coverage next week and and so that that takes up a lot of my time but i i really love i i really love getting to do it and getting to talk about sweet rom-coms is, yeah. is really, uh, is really fun for me. And then I have on Rachel's reviews, uh, I do a, uh, a hidden gems on Fridays with my friend Ryan, where we talk about streaming services and what we think is sort of more of a hidden gem on oh, the cool. service that you can check out. And that's really fun. And then once a month I do a talking Disney with my friend Stanford, who is a animation expert, the two of us, and he's actually here in Utah, so he's a in real life friend. Oh, which nice, is fun. Yeah, gotcha. Do you record together, or is it uh, still over? We Zoom? have before. We have before. Most of the time, it's uh, over Zoom, uh, but we have you know actually spend time together off of the uh the pandemic (laughs) i just saw him not that long ago Uh, i rented a private screening of iron giant and that was oh i saw that on on social yeah Mm -hmm. so that That was really really fun and then we have what we call obscure animation uh the once a month that we do uh where we try to feature an indie animated film or an underappreciated film or something that we think was uh was harshly criticized that we want to you know bring to light something like that so it's not always it's not always that obscure but eh, it's kind of just whatever animated film we want to champion that that month yeah (laughs) and then your Uh, criterion as well yes yeah and that is usually twice a month uh with my friend conrado yeah that uh him and i are i really love the show because him and i are are very different Mm -hmm. in our tastes so i think it makes for a really good show uh that uh because he's you know he's a liberal from uh, new york and he's very has very indie tastes i'm a conservative from utah i have very <laughs> for the, i have more mainstream tastes than he does yeah. and uh and so it makes for a good discussion i think it really does when i guessed it on it it was cool to hear both sides and just yeah it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. i loved it so you- I, I, I'm lucky. I, I just really enjoy everything I get to do. And some people probably think I should more focus on one thing, but I really like kind of having all of the, uh, of yeah. the different, uh, different uh, perspectives in my life. It's fun. Definitely. And that way you don't get burned out. You're like yeah. not constantly focusing on this is my one little niche area. 
So another thing I love is you're always digging for like new treasure or stuff you haven't seen before. Like I saw recently you were posting about a couple movies. I think it was through the Criterion that you were discovering. Have there been any new favorites that you've made through these podcasts, the various ones over the last few months? Well, it's not through the uh, the podcast yet, although we are going to cover it, but I did okay. love the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, I, yeah, I need to I see that. That was just absolutely wonderful. I loved the animation. I loved the heart it, that uh, that was there. And I, I just, I loved the story with the father and daughter. And that was something I definitely connected with because I, yeah. when I, when I was going off to college, my mother was actually pregnant. And oh, wow. so the, <laughs> so the last place that I wanted to be was at home, you know, with a new baby. And yeah. <laughs> as a 17 year old, that was not about that. So I was counting down the days uh, till I could get free from, from <laughs> my family at the time. And I, my dad, even when I, when I turned 18, my dad wrote a declaration of independence and he read it <laughs> at my birthday party. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. So they were very excited, but I, I think I, I like having this weird kind of combination of champion prestige films while also champion films that that other people will not give a shot to like Hallmark movies or yeah. like Barbie movies. I review those on my channel, um, things like that, that, that I enjoy. And yep. I, I think, uh, I don't know. It's fun because uh, I think a lot of people don't expect a, a Rotten Tomatoes film critic to take Barbie movies seriously, but you know, why not though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that about you. For all the times we've chatted, one thing I don't think we've ever covered is how you first got interested in movies or writing about film. I think we're the exact same age, actually. So we have a few similar movie going memories about like Little Mermaid and stuff like that. But I'm so curious as to when you knew this is for me. You know, it's interesting because for a long time, I didn't even think that that was something that was a possibility that I could do. I yeah, it's, it's not true. that I was, didn't think I was good. I literally didn't even cross my mind that, oh, I could, I could maybe make even a side hustle on, on, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> yeah. podcasting or, or, or talking about movies. And I certainly never would have thought in a million years that the Hallmark movies would have been the 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 most successful thing yes. to talk about of the things I talk about <laughs> that, that was but uh but basically when I was growing up it's interesting because my parents were were and are not still movie people That's or right. media people yeah. really hardly at all my parents like classic music my mom likes to read my dad mm -hmm. likes doing stuff outside uh, he likes going to plays and he, I mean, he has an artistic side to him and my mom loves to paint. Uh, oh, cool. so they have their sides, but they're just not particularly movie people. Yeah. And we, for a long time, we didn't even have television growing up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. My parents didn't feel like it was a good influence and, sure. or, you know, and, but we did watch, you know, Disney movies and things like that. And, uh, it was something that for, for some reason that all three of, of my older, there's sort of two batches of kids in my family, the older kids, that all three of us really 
love love movies <laughs> despite the fact my parents <laughs> didn't didn't really love them that much but the thing about particularly my mother is that she was always wanting us to question and to ask to dig a little bit deeper so she didn't oh, nice. want us just mindlessly consuming content mm-hmm. that was a big yeah. thing for her and so we would have lots of conversations in the kitchen usually uh where you know why did you like that what was good about it what was you know and we would discuss it and and we would debate it because my brother and I always had very different opinions <laughs> about uh, my older brother yeah yeah and so we would talk and talk and and I actually wrote some reviews for the high school I was in journalism wrote some mm-hmm. reviews for that I remember I wrote a review of Happy Gilmore <laughs> I, I reviewed that too <laughs> yes yeah. that is so funny and, uh, and so I <laughs> I had a good time with that and uh, and then I it was an interesting experience when I, when I went off to college I remember going to see a uh, chocolate the one oh, Johnny yeah. Depp. Johnny Depp. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't really care for it. At the, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long time, but at the time I didn't care for it. And I didn't like the way that it sort of portrayed religion in the movie as okay. this sort of that, uh, as this, I, I thought that it was kind of a one note uh, depiction, sure. you know, and uh, that, you know, once you were free from religion, then then you were uh, then you were really living or whatever, and I it's been so long I've seen it I can't uh, remember. But anyway, I we got out of the movie, my friends and I, and I was just talking and analyzing it and being like, oh, what do you think about this and this blah 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 blah. And one of my friends says to me, Rachel, we just wanted to see the movie, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Uh, and it, it occurred it never occurred to me that the way that my parents taught me wasn't normal gotcha. or, or wasn't a, a, a you know the the normal way to to talk about movies yeah. and so then I kind of just didn't didn't say anything and just kept to myself for a while and then once I started my blog uh in um like 2006, 2007, I would include some reviews uh, every now and then. This was just personal blog. And then in 2014, I started my Disney blog. And I just, originally the plan was just to review all of the, it was called 54 Disney reviews because it was to review the canon. Oh, I had I had injured my knee. Yeah. So I needed something to do. And mm-hmm. I, I just really enjoyed writing about film. And yeah. so I decided to just open it up to more than Disney, it became Rachel's Reviews. And then I started originally on YouTube, I was just doing unboxings because it was fun, like yeah. subscription boxes and stuff. Gotcha. But then I started talking about film and started doing podcasts and. It all just kind of, uh, I became Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I became Rotten Tomatoes certified in uh, 2019. Gotcha, cool. And uh, then I, yeah, and I started the Hallmarkies podcast in 2017. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know it had been running that long. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. We did our fourth uh, holiday season this last uh, season okay. and uh, oh, wow you guys are going on five here 
Yeah, which is crazy. And so, uh, and that's been a a huge blessing and it's morphed and evolved a little bit since we first started, but uh, we cover all things Hallmark and, and we try to cover the uh, lifetime rom-coms and other Netflix. We we Mm -hmm. try to cover everything for holiday rom-com related uh, that's out there and we have a great time so yeah I really enjoy it it's always so much fun every time I've listened to it it's it's a blast and listening to you talk about your movies I mean we do have a lot in common I think a lot of us who did start blogs and started writing about movies kind of do like I grew up um, similarly well my parents actually did love movies but when we would watch things um, they would show us everything sometimes my dad would show us too much and then my mom be like why did you show them that but uh we would always discuss what we watched and it was a good way to talk about the world and history and analyze things and Mm -hmm. then as I got older it was like wait nobody else really enjoys doing this as much as I do like well why was he good or why why did that happen or whatever and so then you find your little clicks of fellow movie people in high school and I remember um hanging out with my brother and his friends and uh we'd go to the movie and the most fun would be after the movie going to the diner and talking about it and uh then same thing I started my blog around 06 07 and originally it was just part of like um a college uh course I was doing like I'll just do this and then it grew from there it went from like female uh, filmmakers and film noir to like everything so listening to you talk it's like yes yeah no wonder we get along so well here lots of similar experiences <laughs> exactly yeah no that's wonderful well when it came time to select a topic for today's episode I was really excited when you chose animation because not only have I not done an episode on this topic before even though I love it of course But it's an area that you're so knowledgeable and passionate about. We could have easily tackled this several different ways from Disney to Warner Brothers, Studio Ghibli and beyond. But I was so fascinated to explore some pretty obscure titles, foreign, indie, micro budget. The movies you selected are visually dazzling, but also innovative. While we'll go into the movies in more detail in a moment, I first wanted to ask you just what it is about this subgenre or style of animated cinematic storytelling that you respond to so much, and what does it mean to you? Well, one of the things that I think is so amazing, two of the films that we're going to talk about were literally made by one person in their house. And I can't think of any any other medium... Uh, that that is possible that yep. one person in this day and age, you know, when you think about animated films costing from say Pixar or DreamWorks or something like that, costing $150 million, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And these people are making these movies for maybe $2 million uh, from their house. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, I just, I think that's so cool. That that's possible today, uh, but I I don't I love the uh, kind of gritty quality to that you can see the actual uh, actual strokes you can see yeah. the, the it's beautiful to me and I I mean I love animation because I think it has everything that 
that live action has. Plus it's literally art. It's literally there. Not that photography is not also art, but there's just something special about it coming from people's hands. It really is. Yeah. And it's pared down to its essence. I mean, it's art. Exactly. Yeah. Well, before we begin discussing the movies, we should probably warn that there might be some spoilers ahead. Although the great thing about this trio of titles is that even if we do get into the plot machinations of one, these I don't think you can really spoil all the way. No. Uh, the same way that thrillers you can totally ruin for someone. So listeners, you should be okay either way, but we do want to throw that out there. We're going yeah. to take yeah. I'd say that none of the three of these are very plot heavy. No. They're more about yeah. the characters, the experience. Uh, so they're not, you know, real. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no real spoilers. Yeah. Girl Without Hands might have more plot than the other two, but mm-hmm. I think you're going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a look at three movies today, The Girl Without Hands, Louise by the Shore, both of those are from 2016, and 2019's Away as well. All are currently available on streaming, whether that's in Canopy or for rents. There's a couple on Tubi, I think. Mm -hmm. These gorgeous international works all test the boundaries of genre storytelling and any expectations you might have going in. Going through these chronologically, we're starting with the feature filmmaking debut of French writer-director, animator, Sebastien Laudenbach. Based on the German Brothers Grimm fairy tale, we have The Girl Without Hands, an old-fashioned morality tale about a poor, hardworking miller who, tired of being destitute and starving, strikes a deal with the devil to become rich in exchange for what is behind his mill. The man soon learns that more than just an apple tree, he's agreed to sell his beautiful teenage daughter. Having cried in earnest on her hands and been deemed too pure, the devil orders the miller to chop off the girl's hands, but even after this takes place, he finds himself unable to collect her. Escaping into the woods where she meets and marries a prince, her fate is continually jeopardized by men, royal, paternal, and devil alike. It's a great grim, grim fairy tale, beautifully and simply drawn, so it really looks like a storybook come to life. It's very engaging and unique. What are your thoughts on this one, and how did you first discover it? Um, well, I started in 2014. I started re- making sure I watched every single movie that was submitted to the Academy for Best oh, cool. Animated Feature. That's and smart. yeah, and so I've done that every year for the most part. There's always like one or two that I just can't seem to get my hands on uh, <laughs> that I can't find. But uh, I think this was on that list, and that's how I ended up seeing it. And I reviewed it for Rotoscopers, uh, oh, which cool. is a animation website I've written for for a while. And uh, I just really was taken with it. I thought it was so beautiful. I loved the way that it used music. And yes. the way the animation just flowed, it's this very sketchy kind of style, but I thought it was very beautiful. And you definitely get such a, a, a sense of this woman and her power and her strength. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And you really get a sense of, I mean, of course, motion, it is animation, but um, just the drawing, like almost like, you know, turning the pages of, well, I'm going to emphasize this part of the frame or this part. It's very cinematic and it's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like we said, it is basically a one man show directed, written me, the, uh, Everything but the music uh, Sebastian Laudenbach did uh, mm-hmm. in his apartment, which I just think is so cool. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Have you seen any of his other ones? I'm unfamiliar with his work. I I don't, I have not. Okay. Uh, I think this was his feature debut. So I don't, okay. yeah, I don't know what right. he's had yeah. since then. True. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty strong. Uh, that his debut, he was able to get it at Cannes and at Annecy. And if you yeah. want to learn more about independent animation, a great thing to do is just look at what's played at Annecy, the Annecy Film Festival in France. Uh, that that mm-hmm. that's their they have some of the big names too, like Pixar will sometimes have their films at Annecy or DreamWorks or whatever. But uh, they tend to feature. Uh, a lot of really great independent and anime films. They're having their next, uh, they're actually doing an on-site festival this year, but they're also having it online uh, oh, in nice. June uh, for Annecy. It's still, it's not, it's there. I'm still a little bit confused about some things about it this year, but I'm hoping I'll be able to be able to go and cover it but uh yeah that's a great way if you're if you're interested in finding more about independent animation look on annecy film festival and see what they've had yeah i think maybe all three of these i kept Mm -hmm. seeing annecy when i was looking up some of the titles you were mentioning and uh yeah i had i was completely unfamiliar with it so that's awesome yeah especially because uh the the two of these films are from france and so That's going to be a, uh, I mean, Annecy is in France, so that's going to be especially highlighted. Yes, perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I love the whole fairy tale kind of aspect to this story. It's, you know, Grimm's fairy tale, but then it it definitely has the darker elements yeah. to to it, and you have the devil. What do you mm-hmm. think about how the devil was portrayed as a pig? You know. I thought it worked. It was it was not too over the top. Um, I thought, you know, it was kind of, I don't want to say like too much shape shifting, but I think there would have been a tendency to really go overboard with the devil. And I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. Yes. And you have the the goddess of the river, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. Very yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. The movie is, even though it's a fairy tale, it is very dark. And, um, you know, it's shocking, some of the things that happen. And also, like, there's some Mm -hmm. sexuality and some nudity. Mm -hmm. I mean, drawn nudity. So teenagers, it's fine. But, um, but yeah, it's... um, it isn't like your typical uh, fairy tale that you're going to see uh, in Disney storytelling. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that, that the sort of message of the of the of the story what did you take from it oh that is a really good question uh i think definitely don't try to take any shortcuts 
Yeah. Um, yeah. No easy way out. That kind of thing. Um, put people in your life ahead of yourself, you know, sort of the, uh, the golden rule and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. Cause yeah. the, her father isn't trying to hurt her. No, her father yeah. loves her, but he's just so tired. Yeah. So he makes this deal with the devil to get the gold. Yeah. And, and she is behind the, she gets caught in the pathway because she's behind the apple tree. And, uh, and so he, she ends up suffering for his sin. Yeah. The sins choices. of the father. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to the child. Yes. Yeah. And she also has to find her own way. That's another kind of yeah. message of the movie. And that gets carried out in the next two, which are kind of about independence or figuring out your own way out of messes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she never gives up. No. Nope. Uh, she is there. And you see when she's planting that garden and, and with her the stubs of her arms and, and uh, so you can see a bleeding, but she's still planting the garden and taking care of her son. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, really great. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, those morals you, you learned in, um, what do I want to say, like Catholic school or whatever your school bring, um, as mm-hmm. a child or Girl Scouts or whatever, even just elementary school, some of those things, you know, treat others well and, you know, focus on, um, you know, do good. And uh, I thought, yeah, it was kind of the pure mm-hmm. essence of her storytelling was very nice yeah Yeah, I think so and it's nice because we don't really get these kinds of fairy tales and fables as much anymore no Uh, not really yeah the it's been a while since uh since really maybe as far as mainstream uh I don't know if some people might count frozen I guess but I think the real like classic fairy tale we haven't really had one since tangled that's a really good point. And you mm-hmm. always are so surprised by how dark these are. Like I remember babysitting mm-hmm. uh, once somebody for Christmas had given their kids like a grim fairy tale book yeah. and it was the real story. So mm-hmm. I started reading them to the children and they just were so freaked out. I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So then you grab like the Disney version of something and yeah. yeah. So jump from there. Because yeah. all we get now is these either sort of tales without a villain like mm-hmm. Moana. I mean, there's she, she meets a series of villains along the way as yep. she's trying to solve. And then you have the surprise villain, which is usually what is most uh, happens these days where, you know, you think the character is good and then, Oh, surprise, you know, your Hans and your, uh, and lots and, and lots of different characters are sort of the surprise villains and yeah. uh, King Candy and record Ralph. I mean, there's tons uh, the, what are name in Zootopia. Oh and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't remember, lots. but yeah. And I think that, that those are fine and fun, but I I, I kind of miss the traditional villain like we have in here with the devil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you used to have like your Cruella's, your, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, your Maleficent's, your Ursula. things like Ursula. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that it's good for, not that this is a movie made for children, but I think it's good to talk about evil and that evil exists and there are you know genuinely corrupt bad people 
mm-hmm. in the world. That's a thing. And it is sometimes good to see, to try to see a more nuanced view of that. But I also think it's good to, to have classical storytelling, classical yeah. storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Those archetypes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like that in this, that there's this, and I love the animation with the devil when it gets red. Yeah. Everything else it, is you so can yellow. Like see his strokes getting more and more vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really yeah. beautiful. And I, I love the music in this. Uh, I think uh, it's, it definitely adds to the sense of flow and movement. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's graceful. It's jarring. It's just an interesting one. I can't recommend it enough. I think people should Yay. check it out. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, next up, we have the beautiful, moving, understated French 2016 film, Louise by the Shore, which was written, directed, and hand-drawn by Jean-Francois Laguioni, accidentally left behind in a touristy French seaside town during the winter. The elderly Louise finds herself discovering her own independence and a new lease on life as she adapts to her new surroundings alongside a very memorable, adorable dog. This was a really nice surprise, too. I did think it went on maybe slightly longer than it Mm. needed to as it incorporated flashbacks and some of the things that had happened in her life started to lose its potency a little bit and might have been stronger at half the length or so. But I really yeah. thought it was lovely and um, just so unexpected and so cool to see like a septuagenarian's uh, story of a woman coming into her own in animation. Very cool. What is your yeah. take on it? Yeah, I, I do often feel with indie films in general that a lot of them would probably be stronger as shorts, but we like feel this force to make them feature films. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I often feel that way at Sundance. Like, I'm, this would have been better as a short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done that too at film festivals sometimes where you're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I don't disagree there. This is, I think, his second film. He did a film called The Painting okay. uh, before which I actually haven't seen, uh, but right. I've heard is good. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love uh, Louise. I think she's so fun. Yes. And I like the fact that she has literally been forgotten by everybody. And yeah. she, she sort of realizes that sh- she can have this sort of second life, yep. you know, and, uh, there's some stuff that I don't quite understand. I admit that I don't really understand the whole he, her talking to the skeleton. Some of those yeah, scenes get a little confusing. A little um, too experimental, a little surrealism mm-hmm. that I thought just it didn't maybe flow with the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. And that probably could have been taken out. But I like the fact that she, uh, you know, sees what's happening and she just gets to work figures yeah. it out yeah she adapts I know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she builds this whole house for her on the shore uh because yeah. it's too difficult with the house that she'd been staying at mm-hmm. uh, that keeps flooding and things and uh and she's trying to get the helicopter to notice her mm-hmm. that keeps coming by and it, it, it doesn't notice her but she ends up she grows her own garden uh and she see yeah yeah, she she lives off of the sea, and 
Uh, I yeah, I loved her relationship with the dog. is really cute. At one point, yeah. the dog starts talking because I'm sure she's so lonely. Yeah, that it has to work. I love the sound design. I think it really feels like you're at the beach. It does. You can kind of just hear the waves, and it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. And yeah. the pastels and watercolors, and it's so beautiful. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily understand it, but I kind of liked. (laughs) I kind of liked the trial of the birds. Oh yeah, the animation was so cool, Mm -hmm. and it was weird. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) she says uh, that happy people have no need to tell the the story of their lives. Oh, that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And uh, and then she also says, do you think a person can be punished for having forgotten half of their lives? So Ooh, she's kind of okay. dealing with her memories and and uh, and it's interesting because sometimes you see her as her and sometimes you see her as her as a child. Yep. And, and, it's, and it kind of flips back and forth and uh, and uh it says that they were afraid they were getting they, they were afraid getting old was contagious and that's mm-hmm. the way people kind of treat her is that oh you might be catching <laughs> i think that's an excellent point yeah i used to volunteer at a nursing home and um some of the people that work there said that you know like yeah. uh people just stay away stay clear it's also kind of a good metaphor for like not just hollywood i guess but filmmaking in general where they do kind of forget about the older people or else they make these overly cutesy movies where it's, Ooh, grandma's dating again. And it's a little too contrived. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. It's a woman who's been forgotten by society and the people in her life um, realizing the important thing is what she remembers and how she treats herself. And, you know, and that builds from herself on. And it's a story that, you never would have gotten greenlit with like actors. So you mm. needed it to be animated. Yeah. Which is such a shame. Cause I think it would be, it would be so good I if we too. had just sort of these slow kind of more quiet. Yeah. Thoughtful. I mean, I guess we do sometimes get movies like that, yeah, uh, every once but in a while. yeah, but uh, there's something special about this is literally hand drawn. It's not even just 2d. It's literally drawn by Jean-Francois, mm-hmm. uh, and that just doesn't happen anymore. And no. I mean, it does, but we don't recognize it. And uh, that's so cool. It really is. Yeah, I loved this one. Um, so this filmmaker had made one called uh, The Painting before this that we haven't seen. Do you know if they've made any others or? Uh, yeah, there's one. It's called, uh, it's, let me see that is called the prince's voyage and this came out in 2019 the prince's voyage i did see it actually at a film festival uh before things it was literally the week of things closed down oh wow it was the film festival called tumbleweeds here in utah um it the prince's voyage it's trying to remember um it was a little slow even okay it was less it was less compelling for me than than Louise by the Shore, mm-hmm. but it's certainly gorgeous. And it's basically it's about this older prince uh, who run who is 
there's this whole sort of civilization uh, in, in the trees and <laughs> and this younger uh, these this these researchers find this whole village that's way on the top of this trees in the jungle. Okay. And so they start to kind of want to bring this whole civilization to life. But then he's saying like to the, they want to bring it and but then he's like, you know, you're going to ruin it. And anyway, so that's kind of the idea. And there's even like a trial involved and I can't remember. It's been a while since I saw it, but it's beautiful, but it was a little, it was a little not as compelling but, yeah, as, as this. As this one, I, not quite but, as a successful. Right. Yeah. But, but interesting. yeah, I mean, it is incredible what he does with just his own pen and paper and cells. And that's just none of the, uh, none of the studios are doing that. I mean, if we're lucky, you get something like from Pixar doing Burrow, you know, the short that was mm -hmm. um, uh, 2D animation. This last uh, season was fun. Um, the, uh, the one of the reviews on Wikipedia was comparing it to the Red Turtle, the this Louise by the Shore. Okay, and I think that's a pretty pretty good comparison as far as animation styles. And I think this one's a little bit simpler. Like I think that the Red yeah. Turtle tries to have more gravitas, mm -hmm. and I really love the Red Turtle, but um, I know I think this is special too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this brings us to our final film, the most recent one on our list, and the first of the lot that I actually watched, the computer-animated 2019 film Away, from Latvian writer-director and composer Gins Zibolotis, which goes for an immersive first-person-like feel as we encounter our young male protagonist who's parachuted onto a strange land, finding an injured bird and a motorbike, in this silent, expressive work with a rousing score, he tries both to outrun a shadowy giant following him and also find his way home or to safety without dialogue or enough or obstacles to fully engage us in its chapter book approach, where each chapter feels like a different level of a video game. This one runs out of gas before it should, but when it works, it is utterly mesmerizing. So what are your thoughts yeah. on Away? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's exciting to see this uh, come out of Latvia because we've actually seen a number of animated films coming out of there recently. Uh, in, in particular, the animator Signe Bomine, she, uh, she is from Latvia. And oh, cool. so she's done her films uh, and she has a new one coming out called uh, My Love Affair with Marriage. Oh. Uh, that's, I think, going to come out this year, if not next year. Cool. Uh, but it's really exciting to see. And then here you have Gintz Ziblados. Sorry, I'm saying that wrong. I sure. might have butchered it too. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, this yes. is amazing. He directed, he wrote, he did all the music. One man band here for yeah. this movie away. And it it doesn't answer a lot of questions. So some people might be bothered by its ambivalence. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of like that. I think it makes it sort of interesting and it definitely, again, probably could have been a short, it probably could have been trimmed down, but I don't know. I found it very calming and enjoyable yeah. to watch. It's kind of meditative or Zen-like. Mm -hmm. It's like you are here essentially, like you're with the boy when he's, you first see him and he's parachuted in and then it's like, uh-oh, we got to get on that bike and go and 
oh, there's an injured bird. And you're like going through all the different places. So I do like that. There's a sense of urgency and you immediately bond with your protagonist because you don't know anything about him. So why not, I guess, put yourself right on there. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it does kind of go on and on. Um, but it's interesting and it's very cool. I love it when you've got um, the product of creativity, like so mm-hmm. much of it coming from one source. It's always just super compelling because I think a lot of times with filmmaking, especially critics, like to credit everything into a movie, like, well, that's all because uh, Christopher Nolan did it or something or not like thinking of the cities of people that worked on these movies and that kind of thing. But when you get to these animated ones or these um, really homegrown, hand-drawn films, you are dealing with the product of one guy's imagination or one woman's imagination. It's really inspiring. Yeah, they said that uh, in one of the quotes, I said they said that a way represents more than three years of imagination and labor by 25-year-old Latvian prodigy against. And and I think that's 25? true. That, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it should be inspiring to any of us that, that think that we can't do whatever is the big dream that we yeah. have, yeah. right? That, that we, we might not have the same dream, but look, he made a movie by himself all alone. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. And uh, one thing I think is interesting about this movie is that we never really see the face of the, of the boy very that usually it's it's kind of flat and we never really see his eyes and but we spend a lot of time looking at him and following him and uh, he's he is being followed by mm-hmm. this bro kind of this robot and it's yeah. like is what is the robot what's going on <laughs> yes <laughs> and, like the big bad or or is yeah. it it's a dark shadow yes yeah is it death is is the robot death is yeah. he, it has it's he past, already died? Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. It's mm-hmm. very ambiguous. Yes. Yeah, there's these there's these arches that he keeps running through. And at one point there's this whole uh sort of tropical uh oh, yeah. under the arch, yeah, and jungle. And then he finds this motorcycle and this uh this backpack kind of thing. And then there's a whole scene where they're on this really creaky bridge. That freaked me out. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good with hypes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also the birds throughout the movie. That, yeah. There's some symbolism with birds mm-hmm. and yeah. And like, he's kind of bird-like. I mean, he crashed in like a parachute. So mm-hmm. there's some kind of birds and spreading your wings and something. Yeah going on there and this one it kind of reminded me a little bit of don hertzfeld's in uh in the um uh oh my gosh my brain um what are they called uh don hertzfeld he's an indie animator who uh who does more shorts okay but uh he has sort of a sketchy style about him and uh and he uh, world of tomorrow he has three shorts that are the world of tomorrow shorts okay. and they're really beautiful sci-fi films, but they're the first, I was kind of frustrated by it because I, I felt like, what is he trying to say? I have no mm-hmm. idea, but I kind of just 
gave into that and just enjoyed the ambiguity. And I feel like that's the case here Yeah, uh, with what he's doing. It's just kind of, you know, why is he having an alpaca there? I don't know. And this could all, <laughs> and it is kind of pretentious, but, but I feel like there's the uh, innocence about it that keeps it from being too pretentious. Yeah. It is like, um, you know, a hero's journey, just right out of its essence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very imaginative so. and yeah. Original, like totally original. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people comparing it to a video game and it does give off that kind of sense and hearing, I guess that he was so young. I didn't look up how old the filmmaker is. You can maybe see mm-hmm. some of his background, probably playing video games and the chapter storytelling, yeah, it does kind of maybe come from that. But at its heart, it's just um, a person is in a situation and he needs to get out of it. So it's your basic uh, building blocks of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it, for a while, he's he's falling into that tunnel mm-hmm. with the black and the orange and everything sort of surrounding him. And then he's able to kind of get out of it. And you see him driving out. Yeah. Uh, and seeming to get away from this robot. So, yeah. I, you know, it's hard to know if this is just a dream, if this is, like I, I said, if he's. I not that either. Yeah. Yeah. If he's. Like it was restarting. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up in kind of this lush valley, this mm-hmm. paradise. And uh, so hopefully things have ended well. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. And it is. I really in, and I really enjoyed watching it, and this was fun too because it you have this idea that you can't do beautiful things in this way with CG animation, right? Some That's people have that true. idea. Yeah, there is but, that stereotype. Yeah, yeah, but here they're showing that you definitely can, and yeah. you can make it beautiful and interesting and different, and so all three of these. I just think are, are really fun and it's just very uh, reassuring to know that the people are still making art by themselves yes. and making that that's still possible. It's very exciting to me. It is, especially during the pandemic when we, mm-hmm. some of yeah. us have been very solo or like, you know, quarantined with only a couple family members. I mean, it's yeah. really cool to think like, you know, if you're not in the middle of a pandemic and overwhelmed with everything else, you can do this. Yeah. Like yeah. it might be a future possibility for you. Yeah. yeah. And that, Absolutely. that whatever is something that you want to do, go for it. You can do it. Like yep. you look at these people and they've all done it and, and there's others, there's many others. And that's what's just, it's such an exciting time to be an animation fan. I mean, 2021, I think is going to, be incredible just Mm -hmm. on mainstream films alone you have all of these artists that are as you said that have been working from home Mm -hmm. uh, on animated films for the last two years and uh you we've already gotten mitchell's versus machines which was incredible i absolutely loved it i liked ryan the last dragon uh we i even liked tom and jerry i'm the weirdo that that (laughs) liked tom and jerry but uh but and then we have Luca coming up and we have Vivo and Encanto and, and uh, the wish dragon, which I'm really excited about. And we just have so many awesome films that I think it's, it's just very exciting. 
Yeah. And I can't wait to read about them on your website. (laughs) Well, I know these are just a few of the groundbreaking international animated films out there. You also mentioned Rocks in My Pockets uh, when we were brainstorming. It's about a woman's family history with mental illness. I didn't get through that one yet. But for everyone listening, are there any others off the top of your head that you think uh, those interested in animation, the genre, the medium should check out? Well, you definitely should check out my Obscure Animation uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm going to link to that. (laughs) uh, We love talking about uh, more unusual. There was one that was really good from last year called uh, um, called The White Mare which is okay. from Hungary. Uh, and that was beautiful. Uh, cool. There's also films like uh, Fantastic Planet, which is on Criterion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to miss that. That's beautiful. Uh, sci-fi film. Uh, we just barely reviewed Mary and Max, which was really fun. Uh, and that's an, a stop motion animation. I remember that one. Yes. And I yeah. loved it. And it was so <laughs> sweet and made me cry. Um, there's a lot of great stuff coming out of anime. Uh, the uh, This, I mean, always, there's so many great films. Uh, mm-hmm. Millennium Actress, we just reviewed on Obscure Animation, and that's beautiful. Anything by Mamoru Hosada, I recommend. Uh, the Wolf Children is probably my favorite, uh, but okay. Summer Wars is great. Uh, I love uh, Makoto Shinkai, uh, you know, Your Name. Um, I don't know if you can really call that indie at this point. It's such a big hit, but I loved it. Uh, but then there's also a lot of exciting stuff on Netflix, coming from Netflix right now with yeah, Claws and, uh, and I Lost My Body and um, a bunch of they have Mitchells and versus machines, but they have some really exciting animation, indie animation over at Netflix. Uh, another one I love is uh, the night is short walk on girl, which is totally insane. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> the Miyaki, night is short walk on girl. Yeah. I love the title. Yeah. It's yeah. It's about this girl who I mean, not girl, but woman who has a celebratory weekend drinking bender, but it's part <laughs> musical and part, crazy it's really fun uh there was a beautiful film last year uh called funan that was about the cambodian refugee crisis after uh, the vietnam war Um, and that was very moving and beautiful so there's a ton of amazing stuff uh ethel and Ernest is a really sweet one that you want to check out it's by uh, the same uh, Raymond Bridge, I think is his name. Anyway, it's by the same guy who did uh, the Snowman from the eighties. If you ever saw the Snowman, okay, uh, cartoon. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. and of course we can't not talk about Cartoon Saloon and their incredible films. They recently just had Wolf Walkers, which I absolutely loved. Uh, mm-hmm. But they had the um, Song of the Sea, which is one oh, of my yeah. favorites. And uh, Secret of the Kells and The Breadwinner, all four have been nominated for Best Animated Film. And so their studio, I think, is just incredible what they're doing. And uh, they haven't had a miss yet, in my opinion. Uh, so uh, there's, there's a lot of really great independent animation out there. Uh, I love In This Corner of the World. Okay. Uh, that's a beautiful one. I actually got to interview the director 
of that one uh, on uh, rotoscopers. And it's, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, Suno Katabuchi is his name. Okay. He was great. And it's all about this girl who has uh, an arranged marriage uh, in Japan in uh, right before the uh, World War II. And then going through, you see her all the way through until the um, bombs. Oh. Uh, and it's beautiful and obviously very sad as well, but it's mm-hmm. a really good one. So, yeah, there's lots of great stuff out there. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to tell everyone to, <laughs> to listen to this episode with like a notebook or maybe they're letterboxed <laughs> open and like ready to hit pause and type things in. Lots of original, inspiring stuff coming from every corner of the globe, which I love yeah. because, you know, it's nice to branch out and see stuff from around the world, new voices that you don't get just sticking to your own um, culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's just so it's, cool. I love it. It's it's so fun to have a chance to, to talk about these, uh, you know, these obscure animated films. And uh, I hope that more people will give them a shot because most of them are available on streaming. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you so much. It was a really good lesson into obscure animation for me because this is an area I have nowhere near the amount of expertise you do. So I loved learning and your passion for it really shines through. So this was really a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Next time we'll have to talk. uh, My other side is the rom-com side. So we'll have to come and talk about that next time. We'll do rom-coms next time. Sounds good. good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You take care. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com and FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen.